This is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. Our guest in this episode is Rodney Taylor, Secretary General of the Caribbean Telecommunications Union. Joining me on the line is Rodney Taylor, Secretary General of the Caribbean Telecommunications Union. Rodney, welcome to the UPU Voicemail Podcast. The question that we ask all our guests is, tell us your first memory of the post. Thank you, Ian, and good morning, and happy for the opportunity to share my experience uh, from the Caribbean, uh, representing small island developing states uh, here. And one of my first memories of the post is actually receiving a mail from the United Kingdom with my name on it. Of course, I was a very young child at the time. There were stories of, of England, and uh, and the international airmail envelope was, was so fascinating to see it to start with. And I wish I had kept it because it's such a, you know, almost a relic. Um, so it had a certain look and feel and even a smell, and it it... it gave me a picture of England and, and I wanted to go. I never went until maybe uh, about 20 years later, but there, that international envelope and the way it looked and felt and so on was for me very fascinating and it had my name on it. So that was pretty cool. It's like an inspiration to explore the world, isn't it, sometimes? Exactly. Exactly. International mail. Now, prior to taking up your position as Secretary General of the CTU, you were Chief Digital Technology Officer for the government of Barbados. So what were your experiences and what would you say is your greatest achievement as CDC, CDTO of, of, of such a, of a country like this, especially a small island developing state? And perhaps if you can also just share with us why digital transformation is so important for these small island developing states. Well, the post of Chief Digital Technology Officer was the first one created uh, for the government, and it was created in a new ministry with a focus on innovation, science, and technology uh, in 2018. Um, one of the things I'm proud of is the fact that I, uh, because it was a new ministry, I, I gave my um, support in the in the structure, the new structure that it should take, the people, the process, and technologies that uh, it would need enable it to drive the national digital transformation for the government of Barbados. Uh, and so the structure that now exists, many of those posts never existed before within government. Uh, the ability to help select the team and the skills, the processes that would be needed, the technologies to support uh, national digital transformation. I was very pleased to be a part of that team and to lend my own expertise in how that would be structured. Um, so that is, is quite an experience uh, working in a small island developing state. It is, that digital transformation is, is very critical in uh, helping support um, governments, private sector and so on in improving efficiency, helping us to be competitive globally. Uh, of course, many countries have for many years used and leveraged information and communications technologies and business in the delivery of public services. And if we are to remain competitive, uh, attract investment, and so beyond you know having wonderful beaches and friendly people, you know, but to be an efficient place of doing business, uh, secure, efficient, reliable, then it is important that we leverage this technology in the both the public and private sectors. 
So tell us a bit more about the CTU's role and mandate and how it fits in with national, regional and international ICT governance. Well, fortunately, in 1989, the CARICOM heads of government, and of course, CARICOM is a regional group of, of countries, uh, stands about 20 now and includes some British overseas territories. But they had the foresight in 1989 to establish the Caribbean Telecommunications Union as a regional institution to drive. As it's, you can, it's like a specialized agency to focus on, at the time, telecommunications. And of course, telecommunications back then um, it's mostly limited to, to voice calls, you know, you just pick the phone and you call and, and even landlines, in fact. But the technology has transitioned over the years. Now it's, it's an integral part of our lives. We have the internet, we have cloud platforms, we have, um, you know, digital services, electronic payments, cryptocurrencies, and now uh, very new, the metaverse. New and still not so new, but a new concept. And therefore... The role of the CTU is to harmonize uh, legislation, policy, um, to promote the cooperation of our CARICOM member states in the area of technology. Um, how can we um, implement a single space, as it were? How can we use digital technology to support the CARICOM single market and economy, right? Improve cooperation, functional cooperation across the CARICOM member states. And therefore, make it an attractive place to do business because our populations are small, uh, our markets are small, but collectively, uh, it, you know, provides further incentives for investment. And the extent to which we can harmonize those policies and legislations, then it means that companies that want to invest can move seamlessly across uh, the borders within our member states because they're still sovereign states, but they can move and invest because they don't have to adhere to a completely different set of regulations and policies. It's interesting to hear about this idea of harmonising legislation across across jurisdictions. It's something that you, you hear about in so many parts of the world trying to grapple with the internet that knows no boundaries in so many ways, as opposed to the postal network, which has a very much a an interface, doesn't it, from country to country? Anyway, enough of my editorialising, Rodney. Let's let's get back to the questioning here. Um, just returning then to the specifics of the Caribbean, what what are some of the key areas of digital transformation in the region that the CTU is currently working on? So, at the regional level, um, we want to support what is happening nationally, uh, but we want to ensure that there's consistency with what is happening nationally with what we are trying to achieve regionally. So there's a single ICT space initiative that I mentioned where there's harmonization of legislation and policy. Uh, and in fact, under that initiative, we recently negotiated the drastic reduction of roaming within the CARICOM member states. So prior to that, uh, you could have the issue of Bill Shop even moving within the region if you're using your, your, your phone for voice and data calls from one jurisdiction to the next, even though it's right next door. Um, so this is an issue that we address on the single ICT space. We're also promoting 21st century governments. In other words, um, governments are often seen as very inefficient. You know, it's, 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 it's um, characterized by long lines and long waiting times, a lot of bureaucracy. But how can we drive the modernization of the public sector so that people enjoy their interaction with government? Uh, people can stay within the convenience of their homes, uh, the convenience of their mobile devices, 
and access government services, apply to renew a, uh, an application, a permit, uh, and have it delivered, <clears throat> in fact, uh, to their home. And this is where I'm so happy actually to be talking to the United Postal Union because we work collaboratively with the Postal Service on many of these initiatives in order to enable that uh, home or office delivery of these services. And that was going to be my next question, in fact, is how can the posts work with you, with uh, you know, in this role of digital transformation? So are there any particular projects where you've been able to, to, to leverage the, the reach or the networks of the postal operators in, in the region to facilitate digital transformation? Absolutely. Um, in this specific case of Barbados, one of the very um, successful projects was the uh, online renewal of driver's licenses uh, in the pandemic in particular, where, you know, there was social distancing, um, restricted office hours, and therefore the ability to stay at home uh, or from your office, those who were still working in the offices um, on a 24-7 basis, have your driver's license renewed and better still have it delivered to you. Um, to your home or office, working in partnership with the Barbados Postal Service, that was a resounding success. There were so many people that immediately, within the first few days and first few weeks, subscribed to that service and spoke glowingly about it and how it was it was very efficient, it was modern, um, and so the government received a lot of high praises for that. And I think it's a model that we can use going forward. You know, how can we make service more convenient? You know, and certainly home or office delivery for uh, if in the case where there is a physical document, a physical credential, whether it's a passport or a driver's license or a, a business permit, uh, certainly I can see the postal service playing a very critical role in taking us forward. And then sort of zooming out, as they say, what uh, or how does the CTU work with any of the um, any of the other international or regional entities, such as the Caribbean Postal Union or the UPU? And have there been any joint projects? Unfortunately, not um, not in with those particular organisations you mentioned. But certainly, um, this conversation has sparked an interest for me, and I see opportunities for us to work with them. We do work with international organizations for sure, like the International Telecommunication Union, for example, which, which uh, you know, sets standards and policies at the global level uh, with the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers that manages the DNS system. And so we provide um, input there on behalf of our member states who represent their interests within these international organizations. But uh, given our experience in Barbados in particular, my own experience, um, and certainly there is an opportunity to, to think about this issue on a regional and an international level to see how we can more effectively partner with such organizations in light of the fact that, um, you know, it adds a level of convenience, a level of efficiency to the delivery of public services. And same applies as well to the private sector. You've talked about digital transformation of government services, especially transformation fueled by the pandemic. What about regional e-commerce? What are you seeing there? Absolutely. And there are studies that have said that absolutely there is room for growth. And there are studies that have indicated many countries, not just you know the Caribbean islands, um, the pandemic has caused us to advance as, as, as uh, many as 10 years in terms of our efforts to, for digital transformation. We've seen efforts by even the financial services sector, the banks to digitally onboard their customers, which is something that um, is significant bugbear 
in the region, they need, of course, to satisfy your, the KYC, know your customer requirements, and therefore the, the long list of documents required and the time it takes and the complexity of it. Uh, uh, the ability to move that now into a digital environment where you're digitally onboarding customers again from the convenience of your home or your mobile device. Uh, many uh, restaurants and retail outlets also accelerated their efforts uh, because they just had to. And therefore, it, it is from that uh, point of view, it has caused us to advance significantly beyond uh, what we thought we could have done. And I think it, that from that perspective, it has been a positive. Continuing then this theme of digital transformation, one of the perennial discussions about digital transformation is catering to what some people call the digitally disadvantaged. So people who might not have access to technology, might not have access to reliable internet or reliable mobile telephony, things like that. So when when you're talking at, when we're talking about digital transformation, how can we ensure the inclusion of all population groups? when it comes to making, whether it's socioeconomic development or developing new business streams or whatever it might be. So how can we open this up so that no one is, and this is a terrible cliche for everybody, but nobody is left behind? Um, I think we have to certainly make um, a special effort to ensure that that is, that is the case. And in fact, one of the focus of the, uh, the upcoming World Telecoms Development Conference is... Um, connecting the unconnected, right? There's still over 2 billion um, people in the world who still don't have access uh, to the internet. Um, and therefore it is important that they're not, that they're not left behind. Uh, we also need to ensure, promote technologies that support the participation of people with disabilities. Uh, and there, there are a number of technologies available to do that um, so that we have a more inclusive uh, focus uh, we've recently held a Girls in ICT to ensure that there's that gender parity as well with respect to um, professionals and technologies that uh, support the digital transformation agenda. So I think a concerted effort is needed. Um, I don't know if it will happen organically, but certainly policies that support it, technologies that support it, an effort to ensure that it is top of mind as we move forward, that there are no particular groups that are left out uh, because there's one uh, particular set of a group of people or even countries that are dominating the space uh, globally or, or within a na uh, national context. The UPU sponsors the .post top-level domain as a, as a trusted and secure internet space, and it's exclusive to the postal sector, which I mean, it's certainly over the years we've talked about this in the postal sector as being a key weapon in the battle against various, you know, I, I, IT crimes and issues, shall we say, things like DNS abuse, DNS security threats, cyber attacks, and so on. So what is, what's been your experience in the Caribbean in relation to these key issues, you know, cybersecurity and cyber threats? Cybersecurity is a very big issue for us, like it is for many countries around the world, as the advances in technology um, as it, you know, move forward, as our reliance on technology moves forward, as we um, see more critical services and industrial systems being placed uh, or being accessible over the internet, it is important that we pay close attention to cybersecurity. Um, part of the challenge we have in the region, of course, is, is, is the talent. 
on human resources needed to help support and drive policies and the technical capabilities um, is not unique to the region. There's a global shortage in cybersecurity professionals. And uh, when there's a global shortage, people tend to move to where the opportunities are the, are the, are the biggest or best. And so for us, we've also seen, of course, cyber threats, cyber attacks that have, have crippled businesses within the region. And we see it as a very, uh, very important issue. So the initiative for like DocPost, for example, is important in order to ensuring the stability, the integrity of the internet. Uh, in our case, we've advocated for the use of top-level domains like .gov, for example, in case of Barbados.gov.db, Trinidad.gov.tt, so that and also to educate people on what the significance of this is, because we shouldn't take it for granted that people understand um, necessarily. Let's say you know, the general public understands what's the difference between a .post and a .com and a .net, uh, but of course there's a potential to enhance the security of the DNS and so on. And therefore, we advocate certainly for governments that they use, um, that their domains are properly registered uh, for specific groups like postal services, that they leverage these uh, domains so that it engenders. And also to teach the public, what is the significance of this? When I see .post, then I know this is a legitimate you know, postal entity or .gov, .bb is government of Barbados, and that domain is, is controlled um, to that extent. Not that it is immune to attack, but certainly it lends a, a certain level of integrity and credibility to it. So we advocate for that. We think it's an excellent initiative, and uh, we'd be happy to um, work with you to help in terms of public awareness within the Caribbean as to what the benefits would be to um, you know registering with a dot post. When you talk about education, is there anything you can share with us on that regard that you've 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 seen or that you've been able to implement, like an education program aimed at end users or even at you know government bodies to help reduce that risk of cyber incident, shall we say? Well, certainly at our level, we um, seek to raise awareness at the level of the policymakers who are going to give you know support, strong legislative uh, frameworks to deter. Um, cybercrime, because if it is not illegal, if the legislation just isn't on the books, then you have a problem in terms of prosecution. And whether you can prosecute under laws that are 50 years old or 100 years old that existed before the internet, that's a whole other debate. But the reality is that we do need sort of strong data protection legislation and cybersecurity legislation, modern telecommunications legislation to support um, our efforts and to ensure that you know, it is it is seen as a crime and it can be prosecuted in courts. Uh, and therefore, that public that education and awareness at the level of policymakers uh, is critical. But there are other initiatives working with the ITU for the public in general, like Think, Click, Surf, uh, and others that um, help to raise awareness at the level of the public. Because th that temptation to click on the link that says, you know win a million dollars here or what have you all kinds of social engineering you know schemes to get you to click even within a secure environment if your employees are not aware of these initiatives then your best efforts are you know brought to naught moving away from social engineering and back to dot post so the upu actively participates in global internet governance and internet policy discussions what is the importance of international and cross-sector cooperation in internet governance, policy and regulation? And how, how can we make the most of such collaborations? 
That's a very interesting question. And in fact, the Caribbean can boast of uh, hosting the first internet governance forum. So the first forum dedicated to talking about the internet. And in fact, this year is the 18th internet governance forum and it predates the global internet governance forum. So we acknowledge the need for collaboration for the multi-stakeholder engagement, which says, okay, governments have a say in this, private sector has a say, uh, non-governmental organizations and civil society in general, all of us are impacted from different perspectives on how policy around the internet is developed and what are the next um, standards and policies that should support it. It is very critical that we bring uh, everyone together, not to legislate necessarily at the global scale how it is done, but to cooperate because, again, we have different perspectives. Um, and so that's a very important. And we have leveraged that model in the Caribbean. We have developed an internet governance policy framework. Uh, I think that's not version 4.0, which, which provides some guidance to our member states with respect to many aspects, including cybersecurity that we just spoke about, and what are some of the policy guidelines that we can we can provide provide to them? Um, the other thing I'll, I'll mention is in terms of building out resilient infrastructure included in that policy is, for example, the use of internet exchange points within the Caribbean. Because what we have seen over the years, based on how the infrastructure has been developed, is that um, a lot of traffic, even at the regional and national level, is exchanged outside of the region, even where the operators are existing uh, within the same uh, national space. And of course, it's inefficient, it's costly, um, and it is it is less secure. So we've been advocating within that framework for the establishment of things like internet exchange points, autonomous system numbers for governments, uh, and so on, that would help to build better a resilient, more resilient internet infrastructure in the region. Working with many global partners, including the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, the American Registry for Internet Numbers, um, the Internet Society, the International Telecommunication Union, and many other organizations that are operating within the space. It's exciting working within the context of the Caribbean, within the context of a small island developing state. There are challenges, yes, with respect to resource constraints, human resource, um, capacity as people um, sometimes leave the region. Um, there are challenges with respect to natural disasters, uh, climate change, um, and so on that impact us and have seen um, more severe uh, weather events that have been devastating to the countries in the region. Despite those challenges though, it is still a great place to live, great place to work. Um, small size does give us flexibility, uh, Agile approaches in particular where there's strong leadership that understands technology and therefore um, we don't have to be bogged down with legacy technology. We can pivot a very short time and this is something that we've seen happening with COVID uh, where some of our member states have had to, which are heavily reliant on tourism, have had to find ways and means of ensuring that, that we can still um, have tourists coming to the region, but that there is advanced clearance and there's, you know, uh, facilities that we can monitor where they're, where they're held in quarantine and so on. So um, I, I would like to say that despite the challenges of, of being uh, within small island developing states environment, uh, there are many wonderful advantages and benefits to being within the space. And I just wanted to, to say that as well. 
Rodney Taylor, Secretary General at the Caribbean Telecommunications Union, thank you very much for joining us on the UPU Voicemail Podcast today. My pleasure. You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and I look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU. (laughs) 